0: to Rotten Rewind where we dig through the bottom half of the Rotten Tomatoes barrel and look back at some critically maligned works of film. Basically, if a film's under 60% on Rotten Tomatoes, it's fair game for us. I'm Courtney Parato.
1: And I'm Max Rue. Thank you for tuning in. Today's episode is entitled Extremely Rich and Incredibly Horny. And that's because we're going to be looking <laughs> back at a pair of the horniest, all-around whitest teen sex dramas of the late 90s, kind of turn of the millennium. We're we'll going to be looking at cruel intentions and the rules of attraction. Okay. We should also say we have a guest today. And we're totally ignoring him right
2: now. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Thank you for this platform. <laughs> Honestly, it's nice to be here, Max, Courtney. Uh, yeah, my name's Johnny I Ex-co-workers of Both of you just friends now. Yeah, I'm an actor. And like, this is an interesting look back at some movies that I thought were formative and uh, might be formative in a way that I was not prepared for them to be.
0: (laughs) How old were you in 1999? Nine. Okay.
2: I mean, these movies, like, incredibly rich, incredibly horny, that is what these are, like, then what they made me feel. I was
0: 14. So I think that I interpreted both of these movies as, like, oh, this is what's going to happen to me soon. (laughs) Well, yeah, seriously,
2: I grew up in uh, going to Catholic school for until I was probably 10 and 10 or 11 fifth grade whenever you switch schools, to six and so I had a really sheltered upbringing I was a boy scout I grew up in like
0: oh my god tiny
2: ass real housewives of New Jersey area bubble (laughs) bubble bubble bubble. and so uh, having such a restrictive limited scope this was like such a fucking escape for me in terms of like all of the things I thought I wanted to live out were happening in these movies and but also Degrassi the TV show um, that was the most formative like horny teen shit uh, or messy teen stuff but these movies I would I remember like sneaking downstairs because it's Cruel Intentions and it would play on a lot of like the pop stations but rule yeah. of Attraction would play on IFC and like, I weird. like lusted after IFC because it was just like such a it's just like a dirty secret for me and now it's just dirty <laughs> to look at
0: yeah there was also at the same time like Undressed I think mm. yeah, circulating in both of these movies territory I think it kind of lies is exactly in between Cruel Intentions and Rules of Attraction in a lot of ways. Yeah, I mean,
1: because they, they couldn't show anything. It, a lot of, like, bigger actors at that time, too, also got their start on Undressed. Like Adam Christina Brilliant
2: Hendricks, Undress. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. A lot of people were on it. I mean, Undressed was definitely, like, keep one eye open yeah. at the door and then one eye on the Oh, well, screen. do
0: you remember the jump button on a TV on a remote? No. Oh, my God. Okay, so it's the best. It's a button that you can program, like, Channel 63 with MTV out here in Portland, Oregon, and Channel Channel 10 was OPP which is a public broadcasting ship and so I would have it on 63 but Jump instead it would take you right back to like whatever your mom wanted you to be watching so it was great. Also this was the same time that Loveline I think was a really prominent radio show that I went to bed listening to almost every night. Right. So all of these things kind of brought back those memories. However I watch Cruel Intentions pretty frequently. Johnny I think you do too. Mm-hmm. I don't think two years goes by where I don't watch Cruel Intentions. I I kind of like this movie a lot, but this is the first time that I've watched it with a critical eye and like sat down really? and like actually watched it, not just like cooked something while I watched it or so it was kind of nice to revisit.
1: And we talked about it a little bit in the Drop Dead Gorgeous episode, just what a big year yeah. this was too for teen movies because you had She's All That in Varsity Blues and then you had Cruel Intentions, you had Jawbreaker, you had all these mm. movies come out in the span of months and then 10 things I hate about you came out right after Cruel Intentions and then American Pie came out in the summer. I mean, oh damn. Oh wow, yeah. That's crazy. Huge. So
0: the so Cruel Intentions is earlier than Yeah, American Cruel Intentions Pie? came
1: out in March of 99 and then American Pie was in July. And I remember because oh, wow. I snuck into both of those movies. Those were two of the first movies I ever like really snuck into.
0: Okay, I guess we should do the plot synopses for anyone who does not know Cruel Intentions. It is part of that clustering of movies that were teen movies based on classic literature. I have a list that I compiled last night that we can go over <laughs> later. But so it's based on Dangerous Liaisons by a French author whose name I cannot pronounce. I think we should also say is an epistolary, sorry, epistolary novel, which means that like it's all composed of letters. So I think in the, in the, in Cruel Intentions, I would say 85 to 90% of that gets moved into Sebastian's journal. Right. But in the text itself, him and Catherine are, are just writing each other's letters and the entire book folds out through that. I have not read the book because I am stupid and it is old, but so that's, (laughs) so I think actually that for me in the same way that I have read Emma and I have read Pride and Prejudice, it makes me really respect Clueless and Bridget Jones' Diary more because they're able to have some sense of play. She's young, supple.
1: She'll be my greatest victory.
0: You don't
3: stand a chance.
1: Care to make a wager on that?
3: If I win, then that hot little car of yours, mine.
1: And if I win,
3: I'll give you something you've been obsessing about ever since our parents got married.
1: We're destroying an innocent girl. You do realize that?
3: You're just a toy, Sebastian. In the game of seduction, Shut your mouth. there is only one rule. Why can't we be together? Because I don't trust I don't... myself with you. Never fall in love. Are you in, I'm or are you out? I'm Quite the predicament you're in. Cruel Intentions. My advice is to sleep with as many people as possible. (laughs)
0: Cruel Intentions Proper follows a pair of rich, incestuous siblings, step-siblings, a very porn hubby relationship. Sebastian and Catherine. Catherine is played by Sarah Michelle Gellar, who I publicly really love. And Sebastian's played by Ryan Felipe. There are a couple of horny teens who make mean wagers against one another. They flirt. Ryan Ryan Felipe's character clearly wants to fuck Sarah Michelle Gellar, but she doesn't fuck him. No. (laughs) We don't know why. French aristocracy is moved to the Upper West Side... In kind of like an academia, and they wager that Ryan Felipe can seduce Reese Witherspoon's character named Annette, who published what she calls a manifesto in Seventeen magazine about how she's going to remain a virgin. So if Sebastian can fuck Annette, he then gets to fuck Sarah Michelle Gellar, maybe and in the
2: butt, yeah, yeah, maybe, anywhere maybe.
0: he wants, <laughs> anywhere she says so. And if he doesn't get to, she gets to have his car, though, so which is his,
2: a beautiful car, honestly. Other I think it's other day. Win-win. It's a fair deal. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it seems like they already (laughs) fuck
1: anyway. So even if she loses like
0: she yeah it's like so. well
2: that's that's what's so insane about finding out from you Courtney that it was all letters because so much of this movie is truly them just dry humping yeah in, yeah, in like the most sexy way and then it's just all a tease which is like I guess what you get when you read a, a horny letter but there's no payoff and I guess uh, we should say that there's like,
0: like a subplot to that Catherine really wants to undo another really sweet girl played by Selma Blair because Selma Blair because Susanna seal.
2: She joined up with her ex-boyfriend, or got. Yes. she was the other woman for yes. Catherine's ex-drunk boyfriend with this blowjob car scene. Jerry O'Connell. I think it's his brother.
0: Oh, the, other O'Connell? the other O'Connell?
2: Charlie. Char- Charlie, O'Connell. Charlie O'Connell.
0: There is a Charlie O'Connell. Okay. There's a
2: Charlie O'Connell who...
1: He doesn't have any lines.
0: No, but he does push her head down on his dick. So. The only <laughs> yeah.
1: O'Connell that's had a worse career than Jerry O'Connell is his brother Charlie O'Connell. <laughs> so I guess we yeah. should
0: say that this movie, Cruel Intentions, has a 54% over. On rotten tomato so it's not that bad given that it's a teen movie for the time
1: we, we talked a little bit about i guess our personal histories with the movie we are all three of us kind of came of age around the time both these movies came out oh my! this is
2: the first movie i ever hooked up to
0: really wow. good
2: yeah my, yeah my, really yeah. I How was old were you? Uh, were you nine when it came out? Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, obviously I did not. I waited. Oh, okay. I was on VHS <laughs> and uh, I could be in the basement of my neighbor's house and we there just went for it. Okay. Uh, but it was, it's just like, it's just one of those movies that I think everyone, it, it makes you feel real dirty, but real horny and it's kind of yeah. fun. So it's just like all yeah. of the things, especially when you're like 13 and just like want to touch a body or a boob and you're yeah. just like, oh my God, this yeah. movie is doing it. So let's, we've all seen it. Let's do it.
1: Yeah, really I definitely was this, like hooking yeah.
0: up with my shower. Had more at this time period <laughs> of my life.
1: The first movie I ever hooked up to, strangely enough, was Riding in Cars with
2: Boys, the Drew Barrymore. Because it's boring and you can. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I think mine and was I... Mall rat Wow. Oh. Interesting. Listen, <laughs> hey. nothing
2: about that movie makes me
1: horny. I will say. I mean, nothing, the movies me don't have to make you horny to hook up with it when you're that young. Well, you also,
0: kind of we could get into this maybe more with <laughs> Rules of Attraction. Is that like I was a uh, I was a teenage girl, which means that you just let men mansplain things to you till. Like they finger you.
2: Yeah, it's just it's like
0: I, it I, I sucks. Did. Yeah, so I'm just like cool. I'm gonna listen to this guy explain Weezer to me. Play that song to me about being half Japanese, even though I'm half Korean. And then like Dill. Oh my God. <laughs> Make out with him probably because
1: I think the weirdest movie I ever fingered somebody in was Extreme Ops. <laughs> I
0: don't even know that movie. <laughs> Do you remember?
1: You don't remember Extreme Ops?
0: It's a, <laughs> no. It's a
1: movie with devin Sawa. It's a bunch of extreme extreme snowboarders who have to fight terrorists. <laughs> it's
0: crazy. (laughs) No, haven't seen. It's not going on the queue. (laughs) No, it's horrible. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, okay, okay. Okay. intention. Should we talk about what?
1: I mean, I remember sneaking into the movie too, like when I was that age and I saw it and I liked it. And then I remember buying the DVD when I first started buying DVDs when I was like 13 Mm -hmm. and I watched it a lot. I think I liked it too. Like, I'm pretty sure I really liked it even at that time.
0: I think that I was too blinded by how much I was a Sarah Michelle Gellar fan to yeah. really appreciate if well, this movie's good or bad. Dreams, yeah. yeah. And then another thing about revisiting these movies that came out for us kind of like as their audience when we were teens versus today, is like because I'm not a teenager anymore, I think I can like watch them with a more loving eye, which yeah. is crazy to see that like critics like just like fucking, it seems like they didn't like young people at this point in time. But now I'm able to like watch this movie and really appreciate how much like credit it gives to its audience.
2: Every time I watch this movie, I pick up on something a little bit, Bit more nuanced or a little bit like filthier. This is the movie that I always think of when I think of Sarah Michelle Gellar. She's Believe so it or not, good in it. Not Daphne. She for me it's Selma Blair and then Sarah Michelle Gellar. There's something about Selma Blair that is just like she's great.
1: I, I she's I, so
0: I, good.
2: I
1: feel like she's another one of the like Brittany Murphy type actresses. So underappreciated. Like, yeah.
0: And like my main problem with the Freers version of Dangerous Liaisons is that the women characters kind of all get muddled in a way that makes them confusing. I don't know of another movie from this time period that has three really distinct performances by three really wonderful actresses yeah. at the point that I think that Reese Witherspoon might be the least fun to watch. That's crazy. Like, she's well, great in it, too.
2: Yeah. Sh- I don't agree.
0: Oh, okay. For I me, mean, it's,
2: it's Selma, Tara Reid, Sarah Michelle Gellar.
0: Oh, Tara. <laughs> Johnny, Sarah Michelle's is like the costumes you Want though, like she gets to wear like all the best stuff. That she's given the I'm a bitch haircut that like Courtney Cox get in, in Scream Two with the red tint. Um, I do like, and it made me also really appreciate the like. I think the icon, like the iconic outfit that she wears, that's kind of a bustier because I think it is supposed to like. First of all, it shows her tits like wonderfully, but also I think that is a tip of the hat to the time period of their original tech.
2: Everything about her performance is pretty fearless in I my think she's, eyes. Like yeah, she's sharp. She knows exactly what she's saying and she just fucking punches every line. Mm-hmm. It's, it's it really campy, but also she owns it. I feel like out of the main three, she's the most
1: aware of what movie she's in and she's just like having so much fun playing against type. No, I genuinely think she's fantastic and I think she's like far and away the best performance in the movie.
0: The older I get too because when you're young and you watch this movie she's just like one of your peers and a bitch and now that I'm old, I'm like oh, this girl's like only 17 still like she still is really like I feel more for her <laughs> even though she is is the villainous of this movie, absolutely. But like every great villain, she's able to play it with like, a, I have a hint of like empathy for her. God forbid I exude
3: confidence and enjoy sex. Do you think I relish the fact that I have to act like Mary Sunshine 24-7 so I can be considered a lady?
2: What I noticed about Ryan's character, I thought at the beginning, uh, when you mentioned the tone of the piece, uh, I thought he was just fucking nailing it. I was like, this guy is a psycho. And then as the movie progressed and he spent more time with Reese and less time mm-hmm. with Sarah, I was like, oh, I miss the guy in the beginning of the movie.
1: I think that kind of begs the question of like that we wanted to talk about, is is Ryan Felipe actually a good actor?
0: I actually liked him more this time than I've ever liked him watching this movie. I typically feel like he kind of gets lost because everyone around him is a little bit better. And what's hard about his character is that we have to believe that he makes a change. Or I think that's what I used to believe is that the movie is trying to tell me that at some point he switches. And I think... Now I was able to read it to be like, oh, he was probably always sort of like this anyway. Like, he has to do two things at once. I think he's the most hard to read. I like his body language. I don't think he's that hot, but that's just me.
2: Um, He's hot. Uh, (laughs) Sorry. How old was (laughs) he when this was filmed? How old was he? I think they're all
1: in their early 20s. I think That's great. Good to know. Good to know. Uh, Well, that was another thing, too. At the end, I was like, wait a second. These kids are in high school. (laughs) What the fuck? I think
0: someone Blair's actually one of the older ones even though she plays oh I think she' the
2: looks youngest so young the koala shirt that oh Selma Blair is interested yeah. in, like she's introduced in is incredible I was laughing so hard at her her styling throughout the whole thing she's just a, such a mess yeah the scene where she's like standing next to a giant pickle with a sailor cap that has her name on it at a state <laughs> fair and she's like it just the how even just imagine that photo shoot with Selma Blair I'm like that what that girl was just in it and I loved it also Ryan Felipe in 54 have ever seen that movie? No, no
1: so we talked we were about it. we actually talking
0: about Yeah, it.
2: we're gonna do an episode on
1: 54. So I somehow convinced I convinced my mom to take me to a lot of movies that she shouldn't have taken me to when I was a kid, and I convinced my mom to take me to 54 when I was nine years old. We went to see it, and literally, I think I think it got about 20 minutes, and whenever it gets to the scene where Mike Myers tells Bracken Meyer to suck his dick, mm-hmm. my mom was like, <laughs> okay, oh oh, we gotta go. And we left <laughs> and got
2: our money back. So I had never actually seen 54, but apparently there's a director's <sighs> cut that just came out. Oh, with a blowjob scene. Between but, but, between the Meyer and Ryan. It's, yes. I've never seen it. If you find a copy, send it to me because that movie really- Maybe played.
0: you can come back for that one.
2: Oh, I don't know if I can go through that again hormonally. Uh,
0: <laughs> That's how I am with the- my, There's a few Keanu movies on here where I'm like, yo, Max, like I've never actually fully made it through this movie. Well,
2: because there's something of- I mean, also in the like this recent rewatch of Cruel Intentions, I used to watch it all the time when it was on cable and so <laughs> it wouldn't always be uh, the putts where they would curse or you see his ass and so- it was it'd been a couple years since i had seen that pool scene and i was like reese witherspoon's yeah. He's
0: okay. also, they <laughs> <love> <laughs> the like the, like this area er, like era of teen movies like just thinks that like a pool is the hottest
2: oh that swim fan
0: swim fan romeo <laughs> oh, okay. and juliet like there's a lot
1: i don't mind the pool scene my pet peeve in these movies and a lot of movies like this that i for some reason still happens is when they're when they're driving or on a road trip people sticking yeah. their hand out the window do and doing that. the little wave thing <laughs> i think is actually the worst thing i've never done that in my my life. I've never seen someone do that in my life. I've never felt the urge to do that in my life. (laughs)
2: Literally, all I do is stick my arm out and (laughs) I ride that wave. Nicole Kidman (laughs) and Boyer Race when she was just like, you're going to get your arm chopped off if you do that. My mom used to tell me that.
0: Mine is, and like I understand why it's in some of them, but it's definitely, like, a first reaction to being, like, broken up with or upset, like a woman cutting her hair. Oh, you yeah. <laughs>
3: like, you're yeah. like yeah. okay. I,
0: I, like I take that out responsibly and I just brush my dog. <laughs> so, because I just I rearrange CDs, yeah. my
1: DVDs again.
0: Yeah, it's like, I'm sorry. Yeah, exactly. Like, that Everybody would be more has realistic. their... Yeah, just, like, it being boiled down to our hair. It's like annoying to me. And it's like, I understand that it happens, but I also don't understand why people keep writing that scene. Who
2: the hell do
0: you think you are?
2: Excuse me?
3: I'm
1: paying you to give cello lessons, not to pervert my child.
2: Mrs. Caldwell, I I think you're misunderstanding something.
0: How dare you treat me with such disrespect? I got you off the streets, and this is how you repay me?
2: Got me off the streets? I I live at 59th and Park. Whatever. I would like to think that in these times, someone of your stature could look beyond racial lines.
0: Oh, don't give me any of that racist crap. My husband and I gave money to Colin Powell.
2: I guess that puts me in my place.
1: So we kind of talked a little bit earlier about Sean Patrick Thomas. Like okay. Save, you want to save the last dance? Also another movie so even, that I cannot fucking imagine coming out right.
0: today. <laughs> so while he's so he's obviously like the black character in this movie and he is Summer Blair's music teacher that is lifted exactly from the source text. Okay. In the Freer's version funnily enough it's also cast as the only POC person or POC adjacent person it's Keanu who should not be an any period pieces love the man love the man he's awful in that movie like he is really terrible in it i mean Um, but he's also he's japanese lebanese and white and so they also cast him as like the lower class person (laughs) in the freer's version this time they cast him as a black person ronald i i mean i don't know it's troublesome but i also kind of like how it's able to show the moms just like explicit racism christine bransky she's great
1: she's she killed great. it always good great casting for a waspy racist woman in the mm-hmm. West side <laughs> i don't know if i have ever know. seen like, i mean, a great sean patrick thomas performance i mean i've outside of this and say the last because Anthem, he, fuck else is he and he was in dracula 2000 and and uh halloween resurrection so
0: i don't think that casting any of these characters Unfortunately, the people who have the kind of money to attend this kind of school that have the time to spend being this horrible are probably white kids. Yeah, because the central they have,
2: characters kind of have to be white. I think for the the themes of the film, it's powered a little harder to show exclusively one black person, even though it's like a little cringy when you look at the cast list.
1: I'm sure it would be a lot more quote unquote woke these days if they redid it. I'm sure they would try to. Pay a little more attention to it, or th- be a little more sensitive. I to think it.
0: Annette would be cast as black. Yeah, but also I'm like,
1: I feel like that's such I, a real, I, like, girl but thing then to that, do. That like also would cause a like a new problem.
0: But that's what I think. <laughs> I think that like the like whoever made this movie now would think the two horrible characters, the two most malicious characters. We can't cast them as POC. That no. could be read wrong. So why don't we cast the angel? Which is, again, problematic. Right. But I think that's a choice that would be made. Or Cecile. I think Cecile would be Asian. And Annette I was just
1: going to say, I think that was probably, I, that would probably be how they deal with it. Which I think feeds into the thing we've talked about before and you've mentioned too, is like the desexualizing of, of, of Asian characters in movies like this. And so I feel like that's probably is how they would deal with it by making the Cecile character Asian.
2: <laughs> I do think that Ronald is one of the few virtuous characters in the, the movie. Like he, he is. and Cecile have a really sweet relationship like even that scene where they're almost gonna kiss and fucking what's her face is watching them on a that's hot (laughs) oh yeah that was like they have and like they're they're the ones that have you know like the true love letters and I guess there's something about like the written writing things down because what's his face Ryan has a journal and that ends up being his like virtue Uh, Sean Patrick Thomas has the letters that he writes and that's really sweet I think there I think it was a conscious choice I hope it was a conscious choice to show that like people are really shitty uh, like old, ri- old rich white ladies are racist. Sure. Um, yeah, I think it is like more concerning that you said the angel character is. Reese Witherspoon, who is truly like the most vanilla, most blue eyed, blonde haired. I like Reese Witherspoon.
1: No, I do too. But I'm like at the same time, like who besides a fucking seventeen year old white girl is gonna is gonna publish a manifesto in seventeen magazine about keeping their virginity? Like Well actually
0: that's that's what I wanna talk about. No, but that's what I wanna talk about actually with this and the next movie is that both of these movies a young woman's virginity is so important to the movie, to the arc of the movie. And I think that the way that Annette's manifesto is depicted is actually really true to how like the virginity of our young pop stars was discussed publicly at the time it's disgusting but like britney spears had to pretend like she was a virgin even though she was not and that's also none of our fucking business jessica simpson like all of these pop stars at this around this exact time were being asked like are you a virgin which just like shows like how both like puritanical and purient like our culture is and just like another form of blocking like a woman's right to choose because no matter what it is like we have the right to know is what we really thought about I think especially right. someone like Brittany who I worry for all the time and, and like all the Disney was, stars yeah. yeah and like the Jonas Brothers, Selena Gomez Demi Lovato and Miley Cyrus all wore fucking purity rings like so I actually think that her virginity plot is pretty believable.
1: That was kind of the taboo or whatever around movies like this for lack of a better word kind of was because yeah like you said like Britney Spears who was at the height of her popularity around the time this movie came out as were a lot of like 99 was a big year for movies it was also huge. Huge year for pop music. Or and Christina Aguilera and Mandy Moore, who was like fifteen. Mandy Moore's a baby. Yeah, like a child. And so you have all these people that are yeah are extremely sexualized. And the whole narrative around Britney Spears when she came out was mostly about her virginity. Yeah, and her innocence or whatever. A movie like this and Rules of Attraction Two is like you're taking teen stars from WB shows like wholesome shows like Seventh Heaven or more like genre fair like Buffy or Dawson's Creek or whatever the fuck it is, and you're seeing them. It's like teens gone bad or whatever. And that yeah. was part of the whole appeal of it was like look at these actors showing skin and and having these kind of more just kind of shedding their 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 on-screen innocence or whatever
2: yeah and then and the actors playing those roles or the pop stars are then told like this is a badge of almost like honor and maturity that we yeah. are like deciding when and how you get to grow up and so it makes sense i guess that they're the wager in this movie is all about her without any kind of discussion with her it's just about her body it's not involving yeah. her in any way and then kind but of I just do- being able to cast her aside at the end.
0: Yeah, but I do think that like the movie does a good enough job, and maybe you disagree with this, Johnny. But like I like Reese Witherspoon in this role. She has a little less to do than a lot of her roles even before this. But I buy it. Like when when she stands up for herself, like I'm on her side. I think the like the movie does a good job at almost convincing me again that sex is special, and then no, it's not. But like, but I like when I'm around her, I do believe in what she believes in, or I believe that she believes it, Bullshit. and I believe when she stops or like when she gives in.
2: For me, it was for her. Her performance was more so it kept taking me out of the tone of the film and the, the campiness and the, the almost the fun of the movie was well, she's not allowed she just I think it's so stupid. I know, I know. No. And that's so boring to me though. It, it, it like too mean
1: she's just, doing a bad job. It's just not fun for me. But I think it's also knowing too that like it, it almost feels like a waste of her because we know that Reese Witherspoon is exactly the best actress of anybody in this movie and obviously has had the biggest career out of any of them. But even at the time she did Election the same year as this same movie. Year. Oh and she had been acting for she did Freeway you know a few years before this she was so many things she wasn't so she wasn't supposed to be in this movie it was Um, supposed to be
0: Katie Holmes yeah Katie Holmes
1: the brunette version of Innocence (gasps) at that time which
0: I actually think she does not I don't think she's the best actress
1: I don't I I,
0: but who knows because like Tom Cruise locked her up for a decade so
1: yeah like she's you know actually no she's a movie called Pieces of April that she's really good in I've seen
0: that yeah Yeah, I I like her eyeliner she's
1: solid on Dawson's Creek and she does her thing and go I don't think she's bad but I think a lot of of actors at this time too especially like actresses were they did have to fit into a pocket they had to fit into a stereotype Sarah Michelle Geller was dynamic enough I think to be able to shed that and do roles like this too because I, I thought that Ryan Felipe and Reese Witherspoon met on this movie but he got her the part because Katie Holmes turned it down they begged her to be in it so I think she probably was
2: too big for a movie like this at the time
0: that's crazy
2: we haven't talked yet about Mr. Joshua Jackson's character Pacey in oh yeah oh, Creek boy. and his blonde hair uh, face I thought he was really freaking fun in this movie me be, too. Like- he had was like clearly Johnson. having a great time. I think the plot line seemed because I was looking at the Wikipedia and it doesn't seem like his character or the football player, mm-hmm. right? Gre- the Gregster's character, were Gregster, Gregster.
0: Of,
2: of anybody from this like the base text. So I was a little
0: confused. No, I'm it's like, confusing, yeah.
2: There's a there is a boat in both of these movies. There is this like shamey gay panic mm-hmm. and yeah. uh, I I guess as like a kid too like that was something that was interested interesting to me because I was like figuring shit out for myself and I was like, "Oh, cool. Like this is a fun, like, there's a gay person in this. Oh, fuck. It's something that you need to be, like, really sad, like, scared about, or it can be used right. against you. And, like, it was, it's just interesting to rewatch that plot line play out and then essentially go away uh, in the first third of the movie.
0: Yeah. Yeah. He just goes away. It also does feel like gay slurs are totally just, like, up for grabs.
1: So, I definitely think if this movie came out today, it would probably be, I would think a lot more fucking progressive and how it addresses that character
2: i also wonder if it was made today what scandal could replace that exactly or, i right, think right, i think right, I, right. I just don't think it would hold as much weight i mean honestly what yesterday lindsey graham came out uh, or they he's been well
3: expanded.
2: yeah i mean lady yeah. g we've been waiting like it's we got our president with full-on gay panic and our vice president. Sorry if it's not that type of podcast. But no, like, no. It's, no. It's, yeah. so, it's still clearly prevalent today in a lot of yes. circles, but I don't think it's a pop yeah, culture right. prevalence. I yeah. think there's a lot more... Uh, Progress that's been made since this movie. So, like the Pacey character, or what's his face, Joshua Jackson's character, yeah. could exist, but probably be a lot more nuanced.
0: I think if this was a movie now, no one would be like 100% on the spectrum straight. Right. I think that definitely selma Blair and Sarah Missile Geller would like probably fuck, I would
2: hope. I, <laughs> I think also the way Ryan's character just carried himself was with just like a flippant sexuality, mm-hmm. the way he talked mm-hmm. to his therapist, everything was calculated, but everything. Had like a sexual undertone, so maybe he and uh, Joshua Jackson's character like lureded, but he—I don't know what he never yeah. his intention. Especially in the first half of the movie, before he really gets goes to, I guess, see the old lady in the nursing home and has an epiphany in the car. All of it is muddy, and that's what makes it fun yeah. to watch. I thought.
3: You know what your problem is? You take yourself way too seriously.
0: I do not.
3: Yes, you do. Just try to lighten up.
1: I am like Can we drop
3: this? Fine.
1: We talked a little bit about this, I think, Courtney and I. We had talked about how Ryan Felipe is kind of like the 90s teen. Oh, yeah version of Colin Farrell or Jude Law where it's like hey man I think you're a scumbag and you should play scumbags but you're being kind of catered to this teen heartthrob crowd but even I know what you did last summer he has to play the dick friend he's, he's the worst one yeah he's the worst one way of the gun I think is his best performance because he's just yep. f- completely he, that's his version Bull of asshole. what Sarah Michelle Geller is doing in this movie where he sheds the pretty boy kind of persona yeah. and just plays an outright scumbag and he's got to go toe to toe with Benicio del Toro in that movie and he holds his own like he's good in it and then we all obviously know how the fairy tale love story ends with him and Reese Witherspoon he cheats on her so it's like there's an underlying scumminess to Ryan Felipe that I, mm-hmm. I think is best explored like you said Johnny in the beginning of the movie when he's kind of playing the character
0: he's fun with his scenes with Sarah Michelle Gellar yeah mm-hmm. he's
1: very sociopathic and you and he and calculating and he's good at that but I think the parts where he has to kind of become a little more human it makes it harder for me now as an adult to buy the relationship with him and, and Reese Witherspoon because I don't think that he's a good enough actor to sell us on what's not on the page so like mm-hmm. and it it feels like he He's still doing a performance in the movie, which I don't think is intentional, where like he has to pretend to be or he has to kind of like have a conscience all of a sudden. And he just like he does this thing with his voice and he's just really like pouty. And it just it doesn't to me. I'm just like, you're just playing at being a good person still, which I don't.
0: Yeah.
1: I think it's
2: you as the actor trying to be a good person, not the character. Something I noticed this time watching it was that the pacing, especially again, the last half went really quickly all, yeah. of the, mm-hmm. all of his scenes with Sarah Michelle Gellar are like you sit in them and you feel them and like that's why the tension is so fun between them like that mm-hmm. handjob scene over the pants whatever like I it felt like time was really they yeah. were really taking their time yeah. but then suddenly Reese Witherspoon out of nowhere was making those faces in the car and that changed yeah. his mind about things and then suddenly yeah. he loved her and she loved him and it was just I felt like I was missing a couple moments or like like a date between them like yeah. that date where they walked through Central Park I'm like I I would love to listen to that conversation. Maybe yeah. probably boring, but I want to know why they like each other versus that yeah. she was on a horse and he was on a blanket. <laughs> the worst scene is definitely when they kiss for the first time on that blanket. It's just bad.
1: I
0: it's think that the, yeah. I think that the I think that his death scene. Sorry, spoiler alert is also confusing, and I always found it to be confusing. I think I it, is, it was I a guess, lot more
1: tragic when I was a kid, and watching it now, I was like, I mean, whatever. I cried. I used to cry. Oh,
0: really? I just think it's always really clunk because, like, in the book and Oofy. in the Adaptation that gets to be like a period piece of the time. Those two characters like have a duel, and someone gets yeah. stabbed. And so, like the <laughs> the restaging of it in the street, like I don't know it's if so there is a good solution for that. It is wonky as fuck. I think that it, it is comes still out of so nowhere. bizarre. It is so. And then he also <laughs> has, he has to like then save a net because I and think in the, it, in he the show,
2: shoves her into traffic.
1: He shoves yeah, he her into, shoves a into Yeah, lane. he does shove her into it's more so cars. It's so confusing. And then yeah. also the way he gets hit by that car, I was like, I mean, obviously that would suck.
0: He I might be brain dead
1: die from that though I mean it looks like he just like got bumped up a little bit but like he didn't get hit going that fast yeah they could have made his death a little better
0: and it just it is confusing and I don't think that he needs to save her I think what is stronger is if like if he dies and then she realizes that like in another space I think that that's like one of the times that it really shows its hand as a teen movie because it needs to be like melodramatic and like sappy as fuck like he has to save her and it's just like just have him die and then she hears about it that's much sadder actually
1: they really wrap. Things up quickly and tie it together. It's a pretty short movie. It probably could have benefited from another. It is. It's really minutes, short. But it really is like it, Ryan is not anchoring that movie enough to really make you feel the loss of him or he's just such a shithead that you're just like, I mean, whatever. Like, honestly, by the end of the movie, watching it this time, I had the most sympathy for Catherine. Sarah Michelle Geller. same. <laughs> she brings so much to the table. I feel like in the performance, in in a lot of unspoken ways, and she's able to communicate. I think a sadness in that character and a loneliness that isn't on the page. And especially watching it this time, it was like, oh wow, she is. She actually is a really good actress. Especially in the last moment, I was like, I don't understand why it's her undoing so mad at is that. like
0: really <laughs> similar to Rose McGowan Jawbreaker. in yeah, Jawbreaker. Jawbreaker, yeah, totally. where yes, it's yeah, like yeah. she ne- she gets undone by having her audience turn on her.
1: Totally, yeah. Her and she plays is that written. scene
0: so. Wow, he's
1: great. I don't know, man. If I saw this, I'd be like, if I like, went to that school, I'd be like, dude, I should hang out with this chick. She's fucking blowing coke out of a cross and shit. Also, I she would like, just get
0: taken. Now she would just get taken to rehab. But like the, yeah. the movie really hates her. Fine. And also, like the, the page <laughs> in his notebook. One of the details that I love is just like the page in his notebook that's a picture of Catherine sleeping, and then in like big block letters it just says, "I'm, I'm, a, a, bitch.
1: Bitch. I'm a bitch." I remember <laughs> that still from as <laughs> a kid. I'm a
0: bitch. I'm like <laughs> that's actually like that's the Sarah Michelle Geller poster I want I'm shirt. <laughs> just a big poster of well, Catherine that says I'm a bitch
1: <laughs> character comes off so much worse to me because once again I you know look well, I, I, I don't that... mean to fucking harbor on the guy's performance but he really doesn't give us any sympathy for the character Sir Michelle Geller is able to, you have to say anything you just you get who this character is you understand her and she even has that moment too where she was like God forbid you know I exude confidence in my sexuality or, I was gonna say I yeah, like I having think... sex that feels like even weirdly radical for the time to even have a character say that I think you're right like, this. like she
0: has to pretend to be good he doesn't even his sebastian doesn't have to fake like he's a good student or a good person or a yeah. charitable person he gets to be a shitbag and skate and she has to live a double life and i yeah. think yeah especially now we have a little more sympathy for her but she's also the most interesting character in the movie
1: and she keeps losing guys to like she sweet, says like innocent sweet, girls. innocent girls and even by the end she's undone by this sweet innocent girl
0: she's the only one i mean obviously sebastian dies r.i.p but out of the three women however they feel- all leave
1: the funeral too they're just like fuck
0: i know <laughs> <laughs> Bye.
1: We care more about this chick.
0: We, Gossip. There's yeah. photocopies in the lawn.
3: As student body president, I've tried to set an example in myself. Unfortunately, the one person I could not reach out to in time was my stepbrother, Sebastian. I know he's looking down on us today and... Uh, um, I know he's looking down on us today and he'd want me to say... Want me to say, Catherine? He'd want me to say, Catherine. I'm sorry. What is going on? Don't you people have any respect?
1: Just very much of the time this like a lot of movies then put certain songs on the map i mean this was the birth uh-huh. of the sweet symphony
0: it's so i think it's used really well i it's do really, really like it well. here it makes i that really scene like feels, the soundtrack
1: that song and her performance in that scene mm-hmm. make
2: the scene work um it's, it's very much like what the opening of the hills to me but uh moodier uh, yeah you have to sing along when it plays i yeah. i can't help it
0: wait what it's, songs on the hills i'm 35 uh,
2: well it's just lc driving in into or away from la and i think it's uh, unwritten by natasha Feel. Okay,
0: okay, okay, okay. <laughs> well, no, it's, I mean, I think it's think not good.
1: Yeah, but this one is good. The Verve song is still really good, but I think the Counting Crows song is.
0: Okay, I don't insane. I think it's bad, but I do think that, especially compared to the movie that we're going to talk about next, I think that there's a cohesion. And I, I do think these characters listen to this music and this is a part of their world.
1: But this was also the time when you had soundtrack tie ins that were could be successful. And this is a movie that kind of is really reliant on having a popular soundtrack mm-hmm. at the time. So the Colorblind song is really interesting because apparently it was supposed to be a Smashing pumpkin song. They couldn't. Billy Corgan said no. I think it's actually better with a Counting Crows song than a Billy than a Smashing Pumpkin song. I think a Smashing pumpkin song is almost too, I don't want to say too good for the scene. The mm-hmm. Counting Crows song is just the right amount of cheesy and melodramatic okay. that it kind of almost like, I remember even as a kid when I saw that scene, like I was like, wow, that's a really beautiful scene and like
2: now I watch and I'm like this is really goofy
1: and
3: weird and like
2: The the dialogue in that scene where she says I'm impressed well I'm in love
3: I'm impressed well I'm in love pull
0: me out from inside I don't know who else could have been the Felipe part. Like, DiCaprio's too famous and maybe too old at this point, but he's, like, one of the only, like, heart-throbby dudes from that time period that's, like, both pretty enough and hot enough that has, like, the dynamo to do it. Like, I don't know who else it could have been.
2: What's Josh, Josh, Josh? He was in the,
1: the 40 Josh, days. Josh,
0: Josh? What's the oh, name? Hartnett?
2: Josh Hartnett comes to mind
1: as, oh. like...
0: Oh, I, okay. know, like, I do
1: the just full brunette version with Josh Hartnett and Katie Holmes. We just get rid of all the blondes. It's t- Or certainly oh, Taylor stays blonde. The I was going to say, we brunette. could just we'll keep her as her. Buffy
0: blonde. Yeah. Well,
1: Josh Hartnett's a better actor. I mean, Josh Hartnett's another guy who I think just didn't really get the roles. He, he turned down all the superhero movies and then his agents dropped him and he just kind of never really fully recovered from that. But I
0: guess we could say Heath too, but...
1: Oh, oh well, he's, he's I don't a little too good. He's not
0: slimy-seeming.
1: He's not slimy. He's too interesting.
0: Yeah. You need someone so it's like
2: pretty but vacant.
0: So I see why Ryan Felipe, because I do think he's so good at doing half of his role.
2: I think one of the most uncomfortable scenes is the scene between Selma Blair, Cecile, and Sebastian when she comes over in the red jumper and he wants to take her picture and like... Yeah. That was yeah. like the most rules of attraction scene to me in this. That one. scene like, is just not flying today. Yeah, it made me. It was
1: just. But
0: that's like, what dudes do. Exactly. No, for exactly. sure. It's not. Far, Which is it's great. The truth.
1: But I think that that the problem is that that character and his performance is to me watching it now like super rapey and creepy. Oh well, yeah. Like, you're but then, not like, interrogating. Yeah, but no one's interrogating it. I think that they're on his side, so it what, made it even creepier.
0: What is really true to life, I think, is um, as we all know, a sexually active people is the enormous plate of maraschino cherries kept by the bed. <gasps> <and all> the-
1: <laughs> I always.
0: <keep laughs> I was cherries. like, "What the fuck is <laughs>
1: that? How horny is is this movie?
0: I think it walks a, g- a great little balance beam, so I'm going to give it like an eight.
1: It's pretty horny. It's very. Shit. It feels like the build up to a bratty sis video, but like. Yeah. That,
0: or it does feel like undressed to me. Like yeah. it, when she's like grinding her ass on him. Yeah. It's great. Like that, yeah. that, that to that when me, she says,
2: um, I hate when things don't go my way. It makes me so horny.
0: Uh, yeah. And then she Pray does yell at some boy. point, I want to fuck.
2: When Sean Patrick Thomas is like revealed in the trundle bed. Yeah. Her beautiful undressed moment. I'm, I would say the movie is like, Maybe a seven for me, or maybe even a six and a half out of ten, just Ooh. because as an adult, yeah, I think as a teen, as a a a time, teen a oh my god, it was like an 11 for me. I was right? like, yeah. like, even just if I was to listen to it, just the audio of Catherine speaking, I'm like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. It's like, and- no
0: wonder we like Braddy Sis videos if we all watch this because <laughs> it is her just like telling, like teasing him, telling him he's a piece of shit, and then like walking away in her room. Yeah, it's just like, fuck this movie fucked me up forever selma Blair
1: would definitely get stuck under the bed oh yeah in, in that's,
0: that's a that's a fun porn trope that <laughs> yeah. i'm stuck I under know.
1: my bed the best it's is my hand is stuck stink. in the garbage disposal that's the best well, one no, ever no 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 <laughs> there
0: is one where a girl is stuck in the in the doggy door
2: uh, well, selma, selma was in this director's one of his he made the sweetest thing which is yeah, really
0: good fucking amazing i know i think I both of those movies it, are great yeah. both of like should should have had like a more viable career now because I think that he was on a streak like Cruel Intentions. Yeah. Uh, the Sweetest Thing and what's the Ronald Ran- one? Just
2: Fi- just Friends which was yeah. killer.
0: Those but, are fun.
2: But Selma Blair in The Sweetest Thing, speaking of brad exists <laughs> truly gets her mouth stuck on a dick oh, and yeah. they have to coach her through yeah. jaw relaxation techniques so she can remove the dick from her mouth. It is truly chaos and I love <laughs> it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that one. That was also like, it's a fun kind of horny movie it's it's grown up horny but this one like the predator aspect is like fun to watch until it becomes absolutely not fun to watch and that's where the horniness is lost for me the butt in the when you finally get to see the butt because you're not watching it on cable gives it that (laughs) half point
1: let's talk about some some reviews so it's it's got a 54% Uh, once again on Rotten (laughs) Tomatoes which honestly like I'm surprised it's not lower in a lot of ways
0: really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. think just
1: given the time when it came out, I'm not surprised. Yeah.
0: I read a lot of reviews that it felt like the critics were just like resentful that um, people were younger than them.
1: <laughs> Austin Chronicle says. It works only sporadically and more as a comic outing than a vicious battle of sexual predation.
0: Also, a lot of the reviewers were, it seems like some of the movies that were based after classic literature got, like, do you have the right to talk about this? Like, you don't know what you're doing to the source material treatment. Right. Like, oh, oh, actually has a higher score than this. And I think that movie is like...
1: I think pretty, that was a pretty good movie.
0: It's pretty good. I think it's like probably the most problematic out of all of them now because totally. Othello is also the most problematic. <laughs> well, it also um, but it's at 64. Second scene
1: set to Aquemini. I will oh, never shit. be able to hear Aquemini and I not think of O. But also O has a really probably the best performance of Josh Hartnett's career. He's really good to know Film.com has a very catty review. It says, Mr. Cumble, keep your hands off the classics. You don't deserve to read them, let alone paraphrase them.
0: That's frustrating to me because <laughs> I actually think his version of, of classic literature for a younger audience is like one of the most coherent and clever for all the ones at the time.
2: Nothing's like scathing, really.
0: And a few people do call out Sarah Michelle Gellar for being good.
2: I also don't think that this movie was made for the, like, in my brain, when I think of a critic, I think of like an older white guy mm-hmm. who usually is a, probably like a little bit stuffy. And this movie is not made for those people, just like Jawbreaker is not made for those people. A lot
1: of the better or more, you know, prominent critics at the time did like it. Roger ebert liked it i think his review is and recovered. it did really well Ooh, it did really well yeah i mean it only you know it cost ten and a half million dollars to make and i made 76 million and it's did extremely well best
0: kiss at mtv
1: exactly big hit on home video and and obviously cable it spawned two sequels one of which is with amy have adams have you seen
0: them Oh my, I've my God! I've seen seen them both. You've seen, you've seen oh them both. Oh my God! You have? I haven't Holy seen shit. any of them. I haven't oh. seen
1: any of them or the Wild Thing sequels. <laughs> oh,
2: I've seen all of them. Uh, what?
1: The
0: Awkward. Amy... It's like oh, I haven't seen the American Psycho sequel either with me Mila. With... Sure.
2: Of course, I've seen that. It's fantastic. Ah, okay,
0: fine.
2: Uh, <laughs> but the sequel with Amy Adams in particular is wild. She's def- she's having an affair with one of either the headmaster or the principal or one yeah. of her teachers, and it's crazy the level she's going to blackmail him. Also, oh my God! Oh, there's a big twist at the end that you'll never see coming and that's all wow. i'll say no
1: don't well it me. is on like
0: crackle so maybe i'll don't give it a yeah anyone. you
1: cannot scream stream cruel intentions <gasps> one but you can stream the sequels on it
2: oh the third yes. one the third one there is a really just a porno scene in the shower with twins <laughs> with twins, twins. <laughs> That's gross. Yeah. I feel like
1: when, anytime you not start doing like this straight to video sequels, they're like, "We gotta really up the soft core element of these movies." Yeah, they do. How they the do, fuck they is they anyone do. else gonna like? Watch even
0: like Poison Ivy, <laughs> which starts as soft core, like Poison Ivy yeah. Two is super.
1: It was supposed to be a TV series. They developed it as a TV series at NBC in 2014.
0: I remember that because again, I pay attention to what Sarah Michelle's doing, <laughs> and then it never went anywhere.
1: It did not yeah. go anywhere. Original title of the movie was Cruel Inventions. But test so audiences stupid. thought it was a sci-fi film. Fair point. Bad and also, title. Krill
0: Intention just rolls out. It sound, it's so accurate. Cruel
1: Inventions. <laughs> you were so close. You were a letter off and you just didn't think of intentions. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know. It's <laughs> weird that they were like... They got there eventually. They got, yeah, but you're true, 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 true. Would this movie be rotten today?
0: Uh, I think it would sit like 10% higher
1: i agree i think I think, not, I think it would just be fresh but it might be a lot more self-aware in certain ways it might own the it depends it could go a few different ways i think if it owned the campiness it could also be higher a little higher
0: there is something about how some of the the corny stuff is staged that mm-hmm. did like perform cpr on like a teenage like whatever like remnants of a teenager i have left in me where i was like oh yeah that would be nice unfortunately sure. dude just text me uh pictures you of their up. dick in uh, portrait mode.
1: Portrait mode dick
0: pics. <laughs> <laughs> Have
1: you noticed a difference?
0: I mean, <laughs> I mean, I noticed a difference in like what's in do the foreground and what's with, in the background. Do
1: they do there. like studio contour? Do they like black? They should do one where they black everything out around it.
0: You're right. Actually, the last one I got was just normal, but you should much appreciated.
1: the studio light one. <laughs> I feel like I know the answer to this, but MVP, Sarah. Sarah.
0: Yeah. Oh, the one other thing I want to say about this movie is it has like the, like all good performances as far as pretty crying. Just the best best pretty crying movie everyone cries so pretty
1: she definitely has the best tears
0: she has the she sheds the
1: best tears. Oof. gorgeous tears Oof. yeah should we move on to the rules of attraction <laughs> yeah from the corrupt minds that brought you pulp fiction in american psycho so i pretend to be a vampire search for this night's prey who will it be
3: What are the rules of attraction? I think I'm in love with this girl. She's sweet, pure,
1: innocent. She's a virgin. Say what you want.
0: Abstinence is 100% safe, which is less of a percentage than whatever, I don't care, I don't
2: major in math. It's totally blank.
1: From the novel by Bret Easton Ellis. Where's
3: my
2: money? He's got it. You bring me my cash! I wanna know
0: you. What does that mean? Nobody knows anyone else. So what do you
1: think? What do I think? Rock and roll. The rules of attraction. Your game, right? So this one came out two years after American Psycho came to theaters was also met with a pretty divisive reaction sophomore effort of Breddy Sinellis after Less Than Zero put him on the map basically very loose very toxic love triangle between three East Coast College students you have Sean Bateman brother of Patrick Bateman played by James so Vanderbeek. <laughs> you have Lauren played by Shannon Sossman Paul played by Ian Somerhalder. basically Sean loves Lauren Lauren loves Victor who is backpacking through Europe and Paul loves Sean but Sean barely registers Paul's existence outside of the weed he provides him with after a party. There's also Jessica Deal <laughs> popping up as Lauren's very coked out roommate, also confusingly named Laura, which I think yep. even bothered me in the book, but also is a little clearer in the book. <laughs> There's Clifton Collins Jr. as Sean's mm-hmm. dealer. Very, very early 2000s drug dealer. Kip Pardue as Victor. And then just another rotating list of late 90s, early 2000s teen stars popping
2: up here and there. Oh my, we, we're forgetting that uh, Swoozy Kurtz has been in
1: both, both of,
0: these. of them. oh of them. Yeah. Oh, that's and what, also yeah. Swoozy Kurtz Swoozie. Swoozie is, Kurtz. she's also in the Stephen freer's adaptation of Dangerous <laughs> Liaisons*. Oh, she there you was go. fucking, okay. yeah. So Swoozy
1: This is the biggest Swoozy Kurtz day this podcast is ever going to have. We swoon <laughs> over <laughs> Swooze. I think she's
0: great. Yeah. She has a great little face.
1: She's fun. Oh, yeah. and, and, Faye and, and Faye Dunaway. Faye yeah. Dunaway.
0: Yeah, we'll uh. talk about that. <laughs>
1: uh,
0: <laughs>
1: this movie has a 43%, which is much lower than American Psycho's 69%, which I feel like American Psycho's percentage is probably higher based on how the movie has been kind of, it's kind of lived on as a, as a cult film and been more appreciated because it was not appreciated when it came out. So we'd all seen this growing up, right?
0: Yep. Yep.
2: Yep. <laughs> Yeah, I had, I was actually, uh, I'm embarrassed for many reasons, but I watched this with uh, like my roommate, their girlfriend, my boyfriend. I was like, oh my God, you guys, this movie is so good. It's so funny. It's so sexy. Oh, I can't wait for you all to watch it. So we like had a dinner and then we sat down and I was so like just excited to watch this movie. And my memories (laughs) do not line up with what, what we went through watching this film.
0: Um, My memories kind of do line up, but I don't hate myself as much as I did as a 17-year-old girl or like a 16-year-old girl. I was a kind of like, I bet a lot of women that are my age have this experience where you kind of just think that like your own tastes, if they're romantic comedies, if they're old Hollywood movies, are worse than whatever things your shitty boyfriend with like a Chevy van is showing you, which is like Clerks (laughs) and this. And so so you just kind of learn to chameleon yourself Around their like masculine taste, yeah. I watch this as somebody that like not only like likes my own taste now, but stand like can stand up for it. Sure, I really hated this movie this time around, but I think that it's almost impossible to discuss how much I hated this movie without discussing how much I hate Brett Easton Ellis as a public persona, <laughs> um, and how I think that he is terrible and toxic to Twitter, to like to pop culture in is, general. Is he I
1: even think. on Twitter anymore?
0: Uh, Yes, he is because I checked it yesterday. Wow, I
1: Um, didn't want to know. He has a
0: podcast that is awful.
1: Yeah, I used to kind of hate listen to it because he's a very hateable. He's he's kind of fun to hate. Just has an obnoxious voice, obnoxious presence. Is really.
0: I mean, this is obviously a week where, thankfully, we're talking more about like what it is to be an ally, and I think that Brett Easton Ellis has like basically publicly stated that like he just doesn't want to and i think that he uses the fact that he can like pass as like a rich white dude as an excuse to like not because he is also openly gay but he uses it as an excuse to put on blinders for poc issues and just so many other fucking things he also says that we're overreacting about trump and that he isn't interested in politics and so i think it's pretty hard to watch any of his work or consume any of his work without that without with that without that like realizing that knowledge even American Psycho which I think the movie is better than the book there is kind of like a insidious hatred of course of women but I think that the movie he doesn't like the movie very much and I think it's because the movie cleans up yeah yeah, because it actually interrogates some of the things that I think that I think that sometimes he uses the degradation of women as kind of window dressing as (laughs) this movie definitely does and in American Psycho I think that the director is smart enough where she picks at that and makes it into yeah. what the movie is actually about.
2: I did uh, watch his whole series. I think it was it was on one of those apps. Uh, it was called the Deleted, or it was basically about a cult uh, of people that were like hypersexual and they were like brainwashed. In uh, there was like a girl who was essentially just like a, a fuck robot, and fuck she was yeah. like, Christ. and if. And it was just, like, true... Thank you, Brett. Just similar to this film. Like, it just had no taste. Um, okay, and just, and your like um You're going to get throw, fucked. And then you're going to have you're a scene at a fucked. table where your tits are out, but you're really getting inter- interrogated. It's going to yeah. be really deep and, like, dramatic. And He likes this
0: movie. This is his favorite of all of his adaptations. I know. And I think it's because it keeps kind of the tone-deaf tone of his work. So it's
1: just a very faithful adaptation. It's basically a copy-and-paste adaptation, which does doesn't work here mm-hmm. because there's nope. so much else in the book that is not here did either of you read the book yes no.
0: okay yeah. the, i guess like another reason why i hate brett Easton Ellis so much is that like when i was like 15 16 17 maybe even 18 i fucked with him and like chuck yeah. polonick Card. chuck mm. polonick seems like a nice guy though i don't necessarily like want to read his new books seems yeah. like a good enough person
1: the, they're kind uh, of the guys that you read when you're a teenager and you want to get into edgier stuff
0: irving walsh yeah yeah yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. those joke. are the guys I think my my relationship with Brady Sinellis is complicated because as a writer too, when I was a teenager, I was really influenced by his style of writing. I think taking out what he has to say or not say as a writer, I think that he's not incredible, but I did always admire. There was like a very blunt, brisk quality to a lot of his work. that Which I, I think I
0: works in American Psycho because yeah. it's contrasted against like such a blown out genre piece it's where like, here I just think it feels flat.
2: Like growing up where I grew up in like a very much of completely white, upper middle class suburb, limited, limited worldview. And if you had a worldview, it was the same as probably your neighbors and the dudes who are on all of your teams and all of that. And so to have a movie like this and work from Red Easton Ellis, it's like pointless provocation, but it is just like showing you what you're expected as like a dude to uh, live like. And and it was like, if you're not living like this, then like, let me give show you this movie and it'll get you riled up and like horny for mm-hmm. this life. And yeah. <laughs> then when you when you finally get there, you've like probably gone with the same people because like what is it Camden University which is based on Binghamton, I think. And I'm that's not where sure. he went. Okay. And he met like Donna Tart and all those people okay. there. It is hive mind. It is like you don't need to think for yourself because this person is like throwing things at you and you just take them at face value and you don't think about them. Or if you're challenged, you don't or you're not gonna be challenged because you're around all the like minds. And so like the, the amount of sexual assault in this movie that made my skin crawl. It's disgusting. And as, and as yeah. a child, as, as like a child, I guess I would because well, I was 13, I was twelve when this came out, and I saw it the year. Came out, and I was like, "That is going to be college." Yes. Oh, shit.
0: Well, also with uh, sexual assault yeah. that is depicted as sex. Yeah, as it's, sex. It's, it's not. Yeah. It's not. There's there are rape scenes in here that are rape scenes that the movie actually does not know that it's filming a rape scene. It thinks that it's filming maybe an, a bad sex scene.
2: And it's fun. Like, there's the fact that Jessica Biel, like, gets... Her cares yeah. ...gain raped know, know. by the football team. It's uh, so yeah. sad.
0: It doesn't know how sad it is. I mean, typically, like, when we were talking about movies from this era, sometimes I like that they're not hashtag woke. They're not, like, giving, like, fan service, like, pats on the back. But this mm-hmm. movie is so gleeful in the way that it abuses women's bodies.
1: Well, I think it's just, it really is, it honors the Brett Easton Ellis worldview the most, which is obviously, like you said, why he probably likes it the most by just being completely nihilistic and and like you said, kind of wallowing in the misery and the nihilism and the just pure like disregard for humanity in the movie. Even though I think that there are parts I mean, I of think that, that tra-
0: we're supposed to think that Sean's character has a conscience that like I don't believe in. Like if we had a problem with Ryan Felipe and fucking cruel intentions, like I cannot find a pebble of like why I give a fuck about Sean Bacon.
1: I agree. I don't think that you're, you're asked to care about both of these guys. Guys and they really don't have a single redeemable quality about them.
0: So you think uh, you're supposed to care about James Vanderbeek's character? And-
1: I don't think that you're actually supposed to care about anyone in this movie. But I, missing the But I think that it's. I I think that Roger Avery mistakes that at times I think that he as a director thinks that you are Mm -hmm. I don't think that Brady Snellis and I will give Brady Snellis I'll credit him where it's due I don't think that he's asking for your sympathy in the book I think what's what's difficult about the way that the book transfers to film it's kind of the same issues that I had with normal people as an adaptation these are books about young people and they're fairly unremarkable stories you've heard it before you've read it before you've seen it before but it's about those internalized moments in between interactions it's about what you're feeling when you have sex it's about okay how you internalize that in the book i do think that it's actually a pretty good book for what it is. I haven't read it since I was younger but I think the book obviously is so much more expansive. Also the Sean character in the book is bisexual and does have sex with Paul. Yeah. Because it's just faithfully bringing parts of the book to the screen it feels like you're missing a bunch of scenes. It just feels like you're watching a movie and you're like wait a second how did we get to this? Why do you care about this? Because we're missing a whole subplot in between it.
0: And also what Avery decides to cherry pick as far as so we, we get to hear in the heads of three characters Shannon Sossman, James Vanderbeek, and the Ian Summerhold character. But when we're in Shannon Sossman's character, and we're when we're in Ian Summerlin's head, the only thing that we get is a narration of what he's doing. Like mm-hmm. I'm picking up this, I'm doing this. This is being done to me. But James Vanderbeek's character, we act, Sean, Sean Bateman, we actually get like I could be doing this or this or this or this. He's the only one who right. is able, like, whose narration is able to fan out into any sort of options. Everyone else is just like it's happening to them. Also. The the whole narrative, even in the book, is just centered around everyone's obsession with this one character. And even in the movie, there's a change in in Sean's narration where it changes from first person to third person, like really confirming that this is just entirely an exercise about him, about this one character. And I don't know why.
2: I need to get some more pot. I'm running out. I need to get laid. Where the fuck was Lauren tonight? That Laura girl was kind of hot, I could bang her into a bit about it. I'd rather have Lauren. I wonder why. It'll just ruin my illusion of her innocence. Purity. Whoa. Is that really what I want? I need to fuck someone. (laughs) Then I need to get more pot
1: part of what's missing in the movie that was in the book that I think was important was that also not only does Sean have a relationship with Paul that is sexual, that isn't just existing mm-hmm. as like a transactional relationship. He does also develop a relationship with Lauren. They have sex. They have all this. She doesn't lose her virginity in the book by being raped. That's obviously a problem, but I was able to, because I could, I haven't read the book in a long time, but I was able to find excerpts from the book that I think are so important that you don't get in the movie, which is you, because you have the different I don't get in the why book. any
0: of these characters even like each other.
1: Totally. So like, in the book there's a part forgive me for like the next 30 seconds of while I just read this but I think it's important is that Mm -hmm. so from the Sean character's perspective when he has sex with Lauren he says in bed with her I could hardly contain myself I would fuck her quickly the first time so I could get off then spend hours eating her licking constantly sucking my tongue would ache become swollen from rubbing my mouth digging my chin into her my mouth getting so dry I couldn't even swallow and I'd lift my head up and actually gasp for breath from her perspective she just says the sex is only okay and even if he's not so great in bed at least he's imaginative yet he doesn't turn me on no real orgasms I mean maybe a couple just because he's so damn insistent contrary to popular belief being eaten out for two hours straight is not my idea of a good time so I think that like at least in the book you see that she's just like right. I just want somebody mm-hmm. whatever I this guy will do. do he likes I think you do see me.
0: that none of the women in this movie are having good sex like it's all no. performative sex yeah. like for the male audience but yeah we never get into Jessica Biel's head and again like ab- about how much Roy Easton Ellis hates women I think he gives them similar names on purpose like I yeah. think that's just a hateful move by him
2: Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, think, no, I, I, th- I
0: think that is one of the meanest things about the text is that like it really believes these women are like somewhat interchangeable and Jessica Biel, Laura, is motivated by I don't even know what. She doesn't have... It's just like just to fuck people that this other girl liked kind of. Like well, she has just I the, think, the worst character art. Well,
2: it's interesting that we were talking about the virginity complex and cruel intentions because that is Lauren's worth essentially throughout this entire yeah. movie. And then because you've got like... I, I would place, like, the three female characters to be Lauren, who is the absolute virgin, then Laura, who is just a, a whore, and then the pathetic uh, longing love letter girl. Right. Like, there's really, like, no we'll one of these women her. have any sort of character beyond the fact that, like, she is, has yet to lose her virginity. She's like yes. constantly having sex, and this girl is, like, desperately longing, but can't can't express herself. It's a text and then, that like,
0: truly believes that you become a woman once you have a man themselves inside of you. It's, like, her searching to lose her virginity is the search to become like a complete person and she doesn't really get any other character traits beyond that.
1: In all fairness in the movie I don't really know how many other characters even the male characters have character traits beyond I just need to fuck or I need to get fucked up or I need to get oh, yeah, like, no, It's oh, all yeah. pretty much dependent on that. The Ian Somerhalder character probably is the most maybe three dimensional in that regard.
0: We can see his imagination. He gets right. a scene of fantasy. I also I, some... I, I, I thought his character,
2: he's my favorite character I think in, of the of the Three remain he is at least like somewhat a level of nuance to him and like you you feel may I, maybe i was rooting for him and you could like yeah. feel his disappointment and you could feel i thought he did the most with the text that he was given as far as like the scenes between the I people and that. like the living underneath like the life underneath his skin and like yeah. that icy face there was something there to him that he was beyond the world that he was slanted in and just trying to make it through talking about the performances
3: <laughs>
1: obviously we're looking at more wb stars gone wild so i think the difference between the James Vanderbeek character and the Ryan Felipe character, two characters that you might supposed to be sympathizing with, I think more so in Cruel Intentions, whereas I think Rules yeah. of Attraction kind of owns it a little more that, like, hey, this is a scumbag. But I think yeah. Vanderbeek's performance is leaps and bounds so much better and more dynamic and interesting. I
0: don't like him in this, really.
1: See, I think he's fucking great in this. This, to me, like watching it, I was like, oh, you're so good at these characters. And you see it on Pose, which he did recently, where he plays an absolute, absolutely just horrible person. Um, yeah, he's great though. I never though, believed
0: that he cares about those letters though like I don't Me understand either. why he gives a fuck like I that's what I just absolutely don't buy I like James Vanderby. I guess the thing that I've seen him in the most is don't trust the beat don't 23. trust the Bee. <laughs> <laughs> he's so good in it and maybe that's maybe also maybe I'm bringing that to it so like I'm used to seeing him as like extra textual and like on Instagram with like his like 1,000 kids and so I just can't <laughs> quite I just couldn't tap into this but mostly I just couldn't fucking care or think that he cares about these fucking letters I think that he would just throw them away. Like, the, the movie was never able, or and, and neither was he, to like sell me on that. I think
1: he, I think that I bought that he cared about them in a purely sexual way where he was just like, he likes the idea of this chase of like, who is this woman that wants me that I can eventually fuck when I discover what her identity is. I don't think that there's anything really emotionally grounded in it because I don't think that he under, quite understands, nor does, is he maybe even capable of really loving somebody. But I think that James Vanderbeek does the, I think that he does the best of shedding his image in this movie, like, thank about it at the time that it was released. This is like other than this, it was like he was in varsity blues. I've rewatched parts of Dawson's Creek recently. He's, I
0: never watched it. He, it's
1: not it. <laughs> uh it's not it. No, no, no. <laughs> even watching Michelle Williams on it, you're like, I mean, she was even struggling. Honestly, I think Joshua Jackson was probably doing the best on that show at the time. But James Vanderbeek, I think, does a good job here of shedding whatever you might think think that he whatever his limitations are as a performer in this he's mm-hmm. also asked in this movie to do the like kubrick stare in every shot he's, oh
3: my yeah. god
2: i could not i'm sorry it's i so much he looks like he's just smelling the most repugnant fart the entire movie
0: yeah well, I, didn't, <laughs> I didn't
2: buy his performance i would say like 80 of the time because ha- i mean most of the time he was literally just agreeing to go to a new place and it didn't feel like <laughs> that was that, just, that was it's not exciting to me but also there's one scene with i think thomas ian black the guy from america Nicholas, in the yeah. car. Nicholas, yeah. I loved that moment. Like some of like the really unhinged moments of nihilism from James Vanderbeek with the drug dealer Rupert. Like I was into yeah. that character. But the second that he had to like, anything involving sex just seemed so empty. And I know that that was the character, but yeah. it's not interesting to watch. It's not a dynamic that I think carries a film. If eyeballs were going to be uh, what we grade this on, it's a D because they were just bugging <laughs> out.
1: Or
0: dead. Um, I mean, I think
2: in fairness... Like I try to think of it also in the context of like Johnny, you're
1: an actor. Like I've I've acted and like auditioned for things. Like when you're a young actor and you're auditioning for a lot of parts and the roles that you get or the things that you're afforded to do, there are things that I look I would look at that I was auditioning that I was like, I don't know how to do this. Not because it's complicated, but because it's so uncomplicated. And it's just like there's really not many ways for me to do this. And I think, especially when you're that young, you're gonna obviously trust in whatever the director is. This is a guy mm-hmm. who won an Oscar for co writing pulp fiction, and you're trusting in the material, you're trusting in the bread to material because at the time, you know, he's a pretty beloved author and mm-hmm. I don't know, I, I don't necessarily blame any of the actors in this. I, I, Me I don't either. Think oh. I don't think anyone's straight up bad in this.
0: I think Jessica Biel is.
1: I love her in this. Oh my God. I've... I just,
0: I, I think that <laughs> that character is like woefully underwritten. Horribly.
1: Yeah. And in the book, she she's is... a lot more interesting, but she at least is a character. The I feel like she still is, is
0: kind of seventh heavenly in this. And it's again, maybe not really her performance, but that her whole character, I just don't understand and a lot of like the way that the camera treats her is like it's treating her like a body in a music yeah. video. Like I don't Absolutely. really yeah. think it not even likes her. Like I don't even ever think it can grasp why she's there. I think Shannon Sossman's also not very good here. It's good. I don't I think really. She's, like, good. It's she's not also
1: a, not an actress. She was a musician who just happened to get parts because she had a really interesting look.
0: She's beautiful. I am she so is, sorry yeah. to every girl who probably got a funny haircut because this <laughs> straight up 10 can have one. Um, <laughs> and again, like I don't know why she wants to use Lose her virginity to Sean. I I guess I don't get the mechanisms <laughs> of the movie. Where she okay. I did understand them. Right. In in the book, I do. She wants to. I don't lose her
2: virginity think I to Victor. Right, brother,
0: right, right, right. She's
1: no no other, Sean Bateman, and but I mean, that's what comes across. What I think is confusing. Sean is there. He likes her. He pays attention to yeah. her, and she's like, okay, fuck it. It's a fairly unremarkable relationship you have with somebody when you're
2: which young, which is real, honestly. In yeah. college, I went to probably the largest school of the four people that I watched with, and found the most similarities to like my experience like they were very disturbed by some of the behavior and i was like honestly this is not that far no. from i think a like a smaller college party school vibe but what i wanted to bring up before was this movie is dubbed as a comedy in a lot of I the know. write-ups and i didn't laugh jessica biel made me laugh because she was like doing something kate bosworth made me laugh in some of like their deliveries yeah. of their lines but i definitely laughed a lot when i was
1: 14 and when i saw it then yeah if
0: yeah. Any- I think, I think I think I cringed a lot because I remembered laughing and that made me uh, Oh yeah, I used to myself. I remember I loving lines This of really worked on this. me when I was 16. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. There was maybe three moments that I chuckled and I yeah, don't yeah. know and I think some of and I remember there there's a scene that we'll talk about with Faye Dunaway and I was going
0: to say okay, if we went like when when Faye Dunaway walks onto screen I was like, "Oh, that's like the most of a reaction this movie got from me. Why is she here?"
1: Yeah. I I I think she was just taking parts at that time. It She's feels- probably just she, it's, she it was feels... probably really popping pills at that table with Swoozie Kurtz.
0: Oh, yeah. Whoa. It feels like she, her performance is like two rungs up from Orson Welles in those wine commercials. <laughs> like,
1: yes, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. She's like, she just doesn't care.
1: She definitely does not remember doing that movie. Oh, that was a phoned no, in, yeah, dragged her remember. to her chair, popped her down and said,
2: say this. Here's yeah. Eat <laughs> these. Right. This yeah. is your friend. Just have fun. <laughs> yeah, have yeah, your yeah, friend yeah, at dinner. You know, Swoozie. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> Yeah. I
0: actually liked Ian Summerhold. Like in that scene, I liked him.
1: I like him in the scene. I think his also, performance, I don't know what, I think it's maybe, yeah, like you said, Courtney, I think you told me like the um, heavy amount of blush they put on him. I don't know. I was oh, like, yeah.
0: Is it his performance or is it? Is it the blush? <laughs> or, like, is it the blush? Like who's responsible, Revlon or Ian? Like yeah, I his, don't his know. His face was beat
1: His face was fully beat. <laughs> and once again, that relationship is so much more well explored in the book because in the movie, it's literally, Just like he sees him, he's attracted to him. And then he's like, oh, I have some pot. And he's just like, okay, cool. Like James Vanderbeek might as well be not even registering that he's in the room with this guy. Yeah. Which I think is... But I think that the movie does like... It just it kind of goes back to the Cruel Intentions thing where it's like, yes, this is honest to the way that these characters would behave probably. And it's just a matter of what your perspective is as the filmmaker. And not that you need to make it like a PSA where you're like disowning their behavior by, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. But there's not really a perspective. like for better or worse, Brady Sonells has a perspective. It's not one that I personally subscribe to, but
2: like <laughs> it's there. Yeah, sorry, watching this, yeah, you don't know there's no want for these characters. Ian Summerholder's character what wants to like blow Sean. Uh, that's yeah. his, that's his character's motivation. Because this character to me is someone that I see I'm just like, Oh, this is a guy who's gonna bide his time till college is over and then he's gonna thrive. And while he's here, yeah. he's gonna try to figure some stuff out. And maybe that's just me like painting my own experience on this queer character and knowing that like like, I think I get what his inner monologue is right now, but it's not being, we're listening to his inner monologue and it's not that. No. It's so much yeah. more shallow. It's so much shallower than that. And it, and it's just like, you could have done this character a little more service. You could have done all of these characters a bit more service into like yeah. making us give a shit.
1: The book, the shallowness is present and it's there. And obviously that's a part of the time. That's a book that came out in the 1980s and by pretty much straight up ripping it from the book and putting it on the screen, mm-hmm. it's confusing too because I was kind of a, at a certain point i was like why didn't you just make this take place in the 80s right
0: yeah this
1: would have made a lot more sense in the 80s it did have. the the kind of 80s pop music soundtrack the
0: soundtrack is all uh, over the place in this movie well, it, has it, some it great is it is like songs
1: a, in it but it's just there yeah 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 it just in no way by, like,
0: I mean, like i would never listen to the counting crows but there is something about the cruel intention soundtrack that feels like cohesive and of these characters sure. lives
3: it makes this sense.
0: soundtrack i'm like what the fuck is happening here like who made this ratchet playlist it's horrible
1: yeah like some of I mean, the background whatever hip-hop is used in some of the Scenes is it almost sounds like free licensed hip hop that you download on the <laughs> website because you don't have another any other options. But then it, but then also it has it has George Michael's faith. It has I it, loved it. The, 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 the yeah, Don, that seems I think good. the Donovan song is really great when they're when Shannon Sossman and Vanderbeek are going to class.
0: Your name's Sean Bateman, right?
1: Right. Your name is
2: Lauren.
0: Yeah. I bought pot from you last year. It was good. A little seedy though.
1: I used to go out the Paul Denton dude, right?
0: Yeah,
3: before show me, rise. I get when I see her. That scene. Individually,
2: I think visually some scenes are cool. Like when yeah, Vanderbeek yeah. and Shannon meet in the hallway, and it's a split screen, and then you zoom out, and that looks cool. Super it also looks like it was almost like an Apple
0: ad. Sh- yeah,
2: and I yeah. like an Apple ad. I bought yeah. Apple because of those ads. But then, and also like some of the party scenes are fun in themselves. And then yeah. you, I was trying to explain this movie to someone, and I was just like, I, I, No, like all the drug dealer stuff is actually. I thought that guy was fucking fun. If we're talking about a casting, he's
1: the epitome of an early 2000s drug dealer, but he's great. Clifton
2: Collins. Junior's a really good actor, doesn't get a lot he of work. was really freaking fun. I think you're a rich motherfucking motherfucker who owes me a fucking shitload of motherfucking cash. That's what I think, you rich motherfucking motherfucker. You want some blood, motherfucker? You bring me my motherfucking cash, motherfucker. Fuck you. Jesus fucking Christ, Rupert. Don't get so tense. I'll show you tense, motherfucker. You're into me for a fuckload of money. And I think you and your motherfucking rich kid friends are gonna take off to all your rich-ass motherfucking lives, leaving me holding my motherfucking dick. So fuck you! you know who I thought was actually pretty good was Kip Pardue I think his name is who he plays Victor he that is... was my favorite section okay. of the movie is when they go yes. with him to Europe and they just do all those like the handy cam yeah uh, I think that's chaos definitely chaos. that is like, the part that's, of the movie that but held that's up not the, the same movie that's a different movie that held but up the most just, to me it
0: feels out of place like everything exactly. strong in this movie feels like it's of another movie
2: yeah the
1: Kip Pardue montage I think is the part that held up the most even if it's detached obviously in the book it makes sense but in the movie what happened was apparently they were so so they had such a low budget. They couldn't afford to actually shoot the Europe parts with Victor. So Roger Avery personally financed a trip for him and Kip Pardue and their producer, Greg Shapiro, to go Too to Europe. Dude, tight. And they the basically face. let Kip Pardue take a European vacation in character. And they filmed everything in real time while he was in character for weeks. And then they had all this footage. They pieced it together. I think that the the also that's probably the most fun, self-aware voiceover in the movie. I mean, I tried to fart and said I shit my pants is probably one of the better lines in the movie. I, think that I don't like month, that
0: kind of humor. I was <laughs> okay, just like, oh, God. Now okay. Grow some
1: balls, Courtney. Oh,
2: man. <laughs> I went to the Vatican, which was ridiculously opulent. Stood for two hours to get in the Sistine Chapel, which, now that it's been clean, looks fake. I meet two underage Italian girls who I try to talk into fucking each other while I jack off onto them. Bored, I buy them some ice cream instead. My hotel is a gym, so I work out. I bump into some guy from Camden who says he knows me, but I'm sure these he's a fag, so I lose him. I try to fart and instead shiz my pants. Back in my hotel room, I masturbate and have a pain in my groin. The next day, I drop some acid and get lost in the subway for a full day and can't find my way out. I meet a cute girl as we jack off onto her as long as no cum gets onto her Paul Smith coat. We get stoned while listening to Michael Jackson records and the next morning I wake up talking to myself. I have a big bump on my head from flailing in my sleep. I get my stuff and barely make my plane back to the United States. I no longer know who I am and I feel like the ghost of a total stranger
1: the racial blind spots in this movie are it's a bready Sonellas adaptation it's kind of like what we talked about with i Mark would Hambach. hate like honestly wanna...
0: what would be worse is like if he tried to no i don't want to include it, a poc no. color no. i fucking <laughs> don't want to talk about i never want him to touch that obviously the star is half asian i'm asian like we pass. phoebe case is another person that was in teen movies that is right. like when i see her i see a half asian person but when white people see her they just see like ugh, an exotic i'm using quotation like an exotic yeah. looking person so she's like able to pass and i think that shannon's Sassamon's like in that camp. I read a quote by Avery that said that he wanted it to be, like, quote, the assassination of a teen movie, and it's like, you lobotomized it, you fucking idiot. (laughs) (laughs) Because I don't even think it's, like, that bad. I mean, I think it's bad. I don't even think, like, I think that Cruel Intentions, because those characters are, like, vapid, but they're also, like, incredibly dimensional and interesting, like, that actually is closer to what I think this movie, like, wants to do. It's just, like, show you that, like, teenagers can be, like, shitheads, too. Right, which we all know. No,
1: and it's a it's a movie of 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 moments. They're small moments, at least now. Like look, fourteen year old me and in being completely transparent, like I loved this movie when I was fourteen. I was obsessed with it. I loved the book. I loved the movie. I did like him playing the Counting Crows song and passing it off as his own. Me too.
2: That was one of those moments I did laugh when she was crying over over (laughs) pity. It's like that was like, oh, that's true to life, and it's like not well. Like
0: he doesn't care about her opinion at all unless it's affirming that he's deep. I think I would be a little softer on this movie if like any of the girls' perspectives had any sort of like breadth in the way that like even though Sean's character is deplorable, we're able to see how and why he ticks. Like I don't believe that the girls are really anything. I
1: think Shannon Sossman does the best she can. I think her mom, yeah. I think she's actually really good when she walks in on him pretending to be covered in blood and she says, you're so sad, which is true.
0: Yeah, <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I don't know. She Like, again, she's not bad. I just don't think the movie, like, gives her anything to do that she couldn't do in a Neutrogena commercial. Like, she's no, pretty. No.
2: I think this movie tries to get away at the end of the day saying, like, oh, everyone in college is directionless. Everybody is yeah. trying to find their thing. And that's not justification for almost, like, two hours of sexual no. assault and empty drug use. It doesn't serve a as an audience I don't think can we talk about the suicide scene for a
0: second yeah Uh, let's
2: talk about the suicides
1: we'll
0: probably give it more attention than its (laughs) direct yeah it is really sad it's really hard to watch I think that there's so many parts of this movie that feel similar like I, I I think that like now it feels like a is it 13 reasons why it's like now that would be what the whole movie is about
2: I thought that the whole segment was insulting to the viewers, honestly, as an audience member. Of course, I saw this girl constantly featured.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: There was a whole montage showing us she she was there the whole time.
1: So apparently he did have to add that in because test audiences were confused on who she was. It's pathetic to me. It's insane. And also,
0: yeah. like, if 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 Sean doesn't see the her, then we should is. get the opportunity to not see her, too.
2: But apparently, the scene, there is, like, a director's cut or some sort of yes. cut of this film yeah. where there, there's a much longer scene where you see the cutting and you yeah. see, like, a much more gruesome depiction of suicide, which I don't know if it deserves to be in this film. I don't think it deserves to be in many movies. It um,
1: really pissed it me off. It kind of off? felt
0: like the Britney Spears every time video. Is it every time? That it's she's not, she's not that a bad. <laughs> no,
2: <laughs> oh my goodness!
1: I think
0: it's, it's well. No, no, no. I don't think it's that bad. But I'm. But what I do want to say is, I think that there is some sort of like beautification of it in both in both of those artifacts. It's just like the same as like when people hang up like that dumb poster of all these poor celebrities that died under twenty seven playing fucking pool together. There's like a little bit of that sometimes. That's a I poster. Think. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like yes, no one friends. of the characters just didn't have that <laughs>
2: that's a fucking dumb post <laughs>
0: and i'm just like i don't think tupac would fucking like so-and-so <laughs> like
2: what's wild too about the, the treatment of women the treatment of this girl is that like when she killed herself she was still like a, just a fucking pair of tits yeah it's like look at her hot body her hot mm-hmm. dead blood-covered body
1: and i'm pretty bad do. at that kind their of
2: their yeah anyone slitting their wrists or In- having their throats slit really
1: upsets me i can't even
0: watch needles yeah
1: up you guys
0: i know (laughs) and
1: even jessica biel it's like i would have been perfectly fine with them just having that one moment of her saying i was born in a holiday inn and then never showing her again but then they have to bring her back to get punched in the face
0: right and also it's like she's just there to get fucked and then after being fucked she's able to seep out like a tiny drip of personhood like it's just fucking stupid
2: trauma porn in a lot of ways when it comes to the shannon awesome in character like the fact that she's the one who yeah. finds the girl dead in the bathtub she's the one who has to be like sexually abused by her professor and then is raped in yeah. that the opening scene yeah. and it's yeah. just like, also when do these people go sorry this is completely unrelated when do they go to class well they try to go to class but
3: <laughs> I know to to what, a can't get what a okay, piece well, of can- shit school listen were you putting notes in this box
0: Whose box?
1: I thought you were putting notes in this box. Purple ones? Love letters?
0: No, I didn't put notes into anybody's box. You didn't? Wrong person. wasn't me. (laughs) Then there's someone else. Doesn't matter anyway. Not to people like him. (sighs) Not to people like us.
1: How horny is this movie? is it actually i mean it's it's, it's like horny but zero? it really makes you not want to have sex all
0: the sex is bad like it's yeah. like yeah all the sex is bad it's just like women cooing for the dudes and, and then being like dry robotic.
2: during the sex like they, yeah like actively be like i know she's not wet i'm like what why are we i was confused
1: by that too this. she like took a bunch of ecstasy she's like fucking tripping out and she's not wet it doesn't, doesn't
0: the, seem yeah <laughs>
1: and then he's saying he's sober i will say james van Beek has I mean. some pretty pretty awful looking faces when he's having sex which i Give him credit for because yeah, he's pretty real. I mean, he has, has a
0: weird-shaped weird head in he general does, yeah. like I don't want it that close to me totally. like I like it on my screen just yeah. fine. Yeah I
1: just I never want to think about I mean I think about it but I never want to see how absolutely fucking stupid I look when I'm having sex. I
0: did have that thought during this movie yes, too and I was, I was like, like
1: oh, ew. I... How fucking stupid a lot of yeah. guys
0: look at
1: me. <laughs> just this really <laughs> awful determined look on his face. But it's not movie sexy movie. at all. No but I don't think the movie's trying to be, I think the movie's no, not I don't think trying to be sexy but the marketing tried to make it sexy because they were like well what yeah. do we do with this fucking movie it we'll has so much show sex
0: Jessica dancing down the hall
1: it's horny but it's also like <laughs> depressing yeah it's yeah. like when you're like watching porn and like something dark happens and you're just like oh I don't actually
3: no, want I hate to myself. Watch. oh
2: my god yeah that was like I was watching porn and it switched over to one and I guess there's like it's like sh- people who sh- get like shoot up and I did not know that's oh where this was going and so I was like it was, it was Your happening channel's for, different than mine it was happening yeah. for me and I was like fuck not at this moment it can't oh, no, happen no. when this person is getting like. Oh my god! And yeah, it, and I, that's how I felt this whole time watching this movie. I was just like, oh fuck no! Oh, ugh, just disgusted with myself. Especially thinking about like that. This used to be something that I thought was resonated was hot yeah. because I had no better world view or real like concept of what was happening. I don't know. It was just the thought fact thought that this sex
1: movie was hot. <laughs> hot. I did. I think the more like emo part of me responded to the movie, like the last part of it where they're all really sad and the really. What I think is actually a good score is playing. I think that was the part I liked about it.
0: I think that if I'm honest, I never really liked this movie, but I really wanted boys to like me, so I pretended to like this movie. That's yeah. fair.
2: Everything about it felt naughty when I was mm-hmm. growing up. And of now course. everything about it feels gross.
0: But I mean I will say like I've had a lot of bad sex when I was this age and it's true to life when it comes to like yeah. that. But yeah. not only is it irresponsible, it's just like incorrect to portray bad sex in the same way that you portray rape. Yes. So at that point, zero zero percent sexy.
2: I'm gonna give it maybe a one. I used to glorify that one scene with uh, Ian Summerholder and the one scene Richard character and it's like oh this, yeah. is, this looks fun maybe I hope they fuck sure. and now that's the only one that I'm still like it's not the worst it's not the worst that guy's good it's, guy, it's like, fun to good. see people dance around in their own underwear
0: and also like that's a scene that doesn't take place at like this horrible college that they go to so I no. think there's a little more life
2: I love that this was de- deemed as like oh an art house I mean, fucking it just so just, I know making things trashy doesn't mean it's art house no.
1: like, undressed
0: is better than this <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'm,
1: like, I'm
0: serious like because Undress is kind of hot well
1: because i think it's more about what you don't see and that's kind of the same thing with intentions mm-hmm. that makes it so much sexier it's about the promise of what you might be able to see than mm-hmm. you know
0: also it, something that the movie drops that i kind of liked and wish it would have kept is that it lets you know what happens to these characters later it's mm-hmm. like well she actually marries a senator that mm. i think is interesting because it is like from like this like incredibly like privileged vantage point that yeah. we get to see all these characters kids that are going to be fine because they're fucking rich and to hear sure. that narration of like oh actually this person does this later I like but it forgets about that later and I, yeah. I if it could have like held on to something because at least it gave Lauren's character like a peek into the future where we just like don't get that and it also does something that I hate that Brett Easton Ellis just like does is he just like needs to think that he created a whole world so like why does Sean have to be related to Patrick Bateman like I don't fucking know I think it's a flaw in his whole body of work and I think it's distracting and I'm not
1: the only thing that's weird about it to me like i don't mind that they're related or that that character exists in that world that's totally fine to me personally it's just that the idea of patrick bateman having siblings and a family is not easy to register
0: well and then if you're watching sean bateman just like go through sorry like a pretty boring this is a pretty boring exercise to know that his brother is fucking patrick bateman York. i'm just like why am i watching this then <laughs> it's just like i I'm constantly was just like i don't fucking care that i want to see and apparently roger avery wanted to have a with American Psycho character. It's, and it's, it's like, there. You... There is
1: a scene. You can see it what? on YouTube. Yeah, it was deleted. It is um. with Casper Van Dien as Patrick Bateman.
0: Is it so stupid?
1: It's awful. Why is... <laughs> I
2: hope it, I hope in the scene he asks his awful. brother for a bailout if he owes he his drug dealer. He okay, does. good. He like, calls would... him
1: and he says, I need money. There's a whole part. Before... You can watch it on YouTube. Can't wait. The idea that anyone was... <laughs> Look, if you can't get Christian Bale and you can't get someone that's even remotely like Christian Bale, don't get Casper Van Dien. Just don't shoot the fucking scene. I will say that this movie was released today. It's going to be a Netflix or Hulu series. Yeah. and I, That's not a movie.
0: You know, I want to think it might be like, yes. And I think it might be even lower.
1: Well, once again, this was also supposed to be a show. It was developed as a series by Bravo in 2014, never came about. MovieMartyr.com. Never heard of them, but. <laughs> the opening moments culminate with a drunken date rape during which the rapist vomits on the back of his victim. It doesn't really improve from there.
0: Yeah. And also it's not a date rape. Like I think what is so scary in that scene is like she's not first of all on a date. She ends up hanging out with this guy that and she wakes up and she realizes that she's being raped and then she realizes that the guy that she was actually talking to is filming her and a complete stranger is raping her. That is so upsetting and probably honestly something that has happened unfortunately too many times but it's expected to be
2: a joke when they're like they zoom out and it's a townie it's like oh, yeah that's yeah. horrifying not
1: yeah. funny
0: it's not even what the movie shows you it's like its own tone is misplaced
1: a lot of the re- reviews talk about just how fucking depressing it is and i gotta say watching it yesterday i was like this is pretty depressing um, absolutely toronto star said it's not just a bad movie it's a profoundly depressing one a lot of people thought the movie just existed to let a couple of wb stars be naughty So we think it would still be rotten today, but we think it would be worse. I think it would be really rotten.
0: I think it would be worse. I think it'd be around 24%. Um, It's
2: definitely like a lesson in personal growth. And I didn't love watching this movie, but it has shown me like, thank God I fucking grew up. because. This was trash and it was just just like not fun to watch. And yet my memories of it were so wrong. So the home release of the
1: film was supposed to include a commentary from Brady St. Ellis. The author recalled on his (laughs)
2: podcast how he had been
1: up late doing drugs the night before the recording session and had forgotten about it. He attended the session anyway, but gave a rambling commentary that to this day has never been made public. They ended up having Carrot Top come in to do a commentary. Roger Avery said it was because he wanted to have it be like the average American audience was watching the movie. For Carrot
2: Top? Carrot Top is is all of us. Carrot Top should just do the
1: commentary for every movie. <laughs> the test screening was reportedly so horrible with dozens of walkouts and people shouting, "This is a fag film!" as they left. Gar- yeah, this
0: movie isn't for anybody. It's <laughs> no,
1: it's not gay enough, but it's also too gay.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's like mean to you if you're yeah if you're any of the people that could be represented, but then if it, it, it like it feels like it hates you. But for the people that actually hate you, they don't like it either. No, it's,
1: this it's movie is lot. just for Brad Easton Ellis. Sean was supposed to be played by James Franco.
0: Which I actually think I would buy more. I think he is so, listen, I know he has Me Too problems. I think he is so beautiful that I could more buy a character just like aimlessly following him. Because he is just like...
1: He could do the look. He could do the Kubrick stare that they need him to do. He's slimy. Actor. He's like, He's yeah, slimy. Like. Christina Ricci was supposed to play Lauren. She turned it down. That's
0: she's a better a, cast. She's
2: one of my favorites.
0: She's That's a, a better cast. Her.
2: James
1: Franco, like, Christina Ricci. Those are two people Ricci. that
0: can like, yeah. I think they can that, do like, the those, heavy lifting. Yeah, they can do it in their face and you would just like imbue both of them with a little more determination
1: the movie cost four million to make it made 12 million so a minor success it's gone on to accrue kind of a cult following not like american psycho but it has its fans yeah i think this is a movie that's maybe better off just being a distant memory yeah being a teenager Mm -hmm. and sad and horny
0: yeah Mm -hmm. okay where can you watch these fucking movies
1: you can watch the rules of attraction on amazon prime it just came to prime so it'll probably be on there for a little bit um it might be streaming somewhere else if you don't want to support amazon prime which we fully endorse you can rent it on itunes there you go you can can rent it on fandango or voodoo our favorite. <laughs> Cruel Intentions, like we said, is shockingly nowhere to be found. We don't know why. One of the most popular teen movies of the 90s is not online, but it
2: is on IMDb. I watched it on the Amazon Connect. I don't know. Okay. I, it was okay. there and you can do a seven-day free trial and watch a bunch of things. You have to watch pr- it's approximately like a minute and a half of ads throughout. Oh, that's uh, But it's not censored yeah. or anything. So you get to hear and see all the good stuff.
0: Everyone listening should follow us on Instagram at Rotten Rewind and rate us on iTunes and whatever else you can do on Spotify and just talk about us.
1: Next week, we'll be honoring the Father's Day holiday by doing it. Daddy Double Feature. Courtney, this is, like is a very, it? very important episode to you. Why don't you tell them a little bit about this Daddy Double Feature?
0: These are two movies that have the premises of porn, of porn, like a good porn premise. One of them is called Blame It on Rio. It's by Stanley Donnan, which is incredible because he's like one of those old school Hollywood guys. He got to start co-directing Singing in the Rain with Gene fucking Kelly, maybe best known for something like Charade, so like really classical Hollywood shit. But he does end his career in a little movie called Blame It on Rio, where Michael Caine and his best friend take their two daughters to Rio de Janeiro, and maybe he fucks his friend's daughter. And truly one of my favorite movies of the last 10 years. Knock Knock, the only Eli Roth movie I really like. I think it might be accidentally good, but it's also the first time we've talked about Keanu Reeves, who is very important to me.
1: Johnny, thank you for for coming down
0: Johnny thank you we can't (laughs) wait
1: to have you back oh my pleasure love talking to you guys thank you so much for tuning in we know that listening to a podcast like this can feel very inconsequential right now and we're you know not you're right (laughs) it it is very inconsequential (laughs) so we are fully aware that we appreciate your support and when you need a break from the hell of the world around us you can listen to us talk about WB actors living out their bratty sis dreams and Keanu Reeves being Keanu (sighs) so thank you for tuning in